Hello and welcome to another episode of 353rd. I am Scott Barstow. And I'm Anders Brownless. How are you today, Anders? Pretty good, pretty good. How about you? I'm doing very well. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles, a a favorite of the English Premier League uh, football fans and actually music from today's movie, by no strange coincidence. That's right. It's funny how that seems to work out on our show. Is there such thing as a strange coincidence or is there just coincidence? Uh... It could be unusual, I suppose, but I guess yeah, so. I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah. So you can uh, you can find us online at Twitter at uh, at three five zero t h i r d and online at three fifty dash third dot com, and you can search for us on iTunes at three fifty third. So today we've got a we've got a jam packed show. We uh, we usually start the show with uh, a look back at the at the previous week's news and. And uh, in the news again this week was uh, Google Plus going past 20 million users uh, this past week. So I think when we talked about this in our last show, they had just they had gone past 10 million, and it seems like they're on a pretty pretty uh, interesting traje- uh, trajectory. They what are. Th- they're on a tear. I mean, it's 10. It's basically 10 million a week. Uh, so every episode we'll be reporting another 10 million. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think. But that's uh, that's assuming we do a show a week. I that's, think that's true. How, I think that's how the math works out on that. Yeah, generally. But I mean, the thing is, these you have to remember these things are throttled, and uh, you know there was some time there where I couldn't, I didn't have any invites to give out, so they're clearly keeping a uh, you know sort of a, a a bridle on this. But I think it, uh, you know, it's really up to them, and they're running it as you know, sort of at a regular clip. So I wouldn't be surprised to hear 30 million next week. Yeah, I wouldn't either. It seems to be, how much are you using it? Uh, I'm using it actually uh, a little bit. I'm not using it. I would say I'm using it a lot if I were posting more. I'm not posting a lot. I find myself consuming and uh, really just trying to build up the network, build up my circles. What about you? Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I post a uh, I posted something the other day about uh, anybody caring about the end of the NFL or the NFL coming back and a couple of, and I seem to what's interesting is when I uh, when I seem to when I post something I get a lot more responses on there than I have in any other network. Yeah. Uh, and so that's yeah. been kind of interesting and I think it, it goes to our point that everybody's already there and so on and so forth like we talked like we talked about it before but Yeah, well, I think the active users are there and that's that's yeah. I've seen that as well. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So, that, I guess the other big news of last week was uh OSX Lion. Yes. And Didn't. I know this is a, this, I have not I have yet to partake of the delicacy, so uh, I'm turning I'm turning the floor over to you to talk about the uh, the wonderment and astonishment that you experienced when you downloaded it. Okay, so so the big deal with this is that there is, this is a internet only download. I think they will eventually open it so that you can get it on a, a flash drive. But the this uh, is the first OS that they're putting out that basically does not come on any spinning disk media. I'm a big fan of that. I got to yep. say, the number one visible change on Lion has been the reversal of scroll direction when you're using a trackpad. Right. So this Everybody, is, Everybody's sort of a flutter about that. Yeah, I, and, and my, in my opinion, I love it. I think it's great. Um, and it, it is, it's a gutsy move for them to have done this. But because when you're... Uh, you know, with uh, older versions of OS X and certainly versions of Windows and other OSs, when you push up, the content goes down. Um, this has been reversed to much more accurately mimic what you do, say, for example, on an iPhone or an iPad, where you have direct uh, input, where what you put your finger on and you move your finger around slides with your finger. So sure. now you 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 push up and the content goes up. You will go up. So uh, and it's interesting, I think, to think about the history here. You had back in the day scroll bars, and these are you know the little. You'll notice scroll bars are gone on online. The scroll bars had that little tag that you grab and you pull it up and down. It's like a tab. I don't know what you call it. And yeah. you would pull that up and down and. 
that as you pulled that down, the content would go up. And basically that little tag was showing you where you were in the document, so that made sense. Yep. Then Microsoft came out with the mouse wheel, and they, they mimicked that. So mm -hmm. when you push down, the content goes up. Because basically that mouse wheel is a controller for the little tag. Or yeah, tag, exactly. Yeah, right? so that, uh, the mouse wheel essentially moved the, the, the scroll the bar marker or whatever right. it is uh, up and down. Right, exactly. So, so now with the, uh, with the touch devices, when you actually put your finger on the document and push your finger up, for example, the content goes up with your finger. And that's, that's different. What you're doing is touching the content as opposed to touching the scroll wheel. So I think it's really interesting here that in Lion, the scroll bars on the side of the page are gone unless you are in the act of scrolling where they kind of mysteriously appear for a second and then they disappear again. And so when you've got those things up, you're, you push up and it is as if your mouse or your, your, your device, your touchpad is connected to the content because it goes up with it. It's a gutsy move because the legacy right thing and certainly the way every I've been fighting this for the last week I've been using Lion uh, you know, you want it to go the other way because that's just what you naturally know. But there is, it is only legacy that it is that way if sure. scroll bars are gone. So the whole point is, you know, because they got rid of scroll bars, they then made the, uh, the you know, the touchpad scrolling work as it would if you're directly touching the content, not if you're directly touching the tab that you're pulling up and down in a scroll uh, window context. So is it, is it affected if you've got, you know, if you've got an external mouse connected, does it, what happens if I've got the, you know, I've got my old mouse connected and I've got an external keyboard? What's the, what's so, the experience? So the experience is you, you, you scroll up and it goes up. It, it, it's backwards. Basically it's backwards everywhere. Uh, everywhere you would think. Um, really? Yeah, which is which is correct, I would argue, because when you push up and the content goes down, that's because that's what happens to the content when you are moving not the content but the tab. Sure. So because the tabs are gone, the the tab is gone basically. You have to be moving the content. So that, interesting. So that's going to take some getting used to. It, it, it does, but stick with it. I mean, it takes a good week before you you start moving things in the right direction to begin with. And and I gotta say that it's not quite so smooth. Um, you know, scrolling around on the iPad, for example, is instantly you know, uh, reactive. As soon as you start to move, you, it's instantly reactive. It's really not so much on the, uh, on a desktop OS, there's something else going on or whatever. And it doesn't quite, I mean, mm. it's not the highest priority. So that throws you for a loop because you try to move it just a little bit to see which direction you need to go. You see no movement. So you assume you you've jammed the content, you know, all the way down so it's, it's all the way to the top now so you start going in the other direction which is in fact wrong and you know suddenly you see the content like passing the top of the screen you're like oh that's what it is and then you switch it around so it takes just a hair a second longer to to kind of orient yourself while you're learning which makes it so painful but stick with it because not only is is this sort of conceptually a better way to to do scrolling but because it's the default, you know, in a few years, everything is going to work like this. And if you roll up to a machine not ever having made this jump, I think you're going to, you know, you're going to be in a world of hurt. You're just going to prolong the inevitable. At some point, you got to do it. You might as well do it now. Hmm. You know, the only problem would be is, of course, if, if you had multiple uh, computers, multiple operating systems, and you got to remember which one is for which, that's no fun. But yeah. there we yeah. are. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, so that's my entire Lion uh, review right there. Comes down to one thing: scrollability. Yeah, <laughs> hardest well, so, thing to get over. But it's fun. what do you? Uh, I know we've talked about this before, but was the uh, was the overall experience with the you know getting it through the app, uh, getting it through the app store, and all of that? Was that and uh, were there any blips in that process or anything like that? The download was absolutely seamless. I think they did a million the first day, which if you multiply that by four gigs. 
is is quite a feat to have uh, done in one day. But then again, you know, Apple uh, really has a lot of kind of high download size experience with the uh, App Store or with the um, downloading movies rather. Right. Um, so they, you, you know, maybe they've, they've had some experience here, but I got to say, I mean, it was flawless. And then I, I just upgraded within the app. I had to shut down and restart, of course, as normal and mm-hmm. everything came back and there I go. You know, now I don't have a, a disc, not that it matters. I've got my MacBook pro here and I've got a solid state drive on one side and where there used to be a optical, uh, drive is now a, uh, you know, it's a 500 gig solid, you know, standard hard drive, yeah. um, which I keep spun down all the time. I only bring it up to do backups. Yeah. Um, so I don't even have optical media on my machine and you'll note that the, the, um, Mac minis don't have an optical drive either. The yep. new ones that just came out, which yeah, that's I think right. you'll see that trend happen across the entire, uh, notebook line. I would not be surprised to see a MacBook Pro looking more and more like a MacBook Air, like you know, like more of a wedge. Yeah, be- because it doesn't need to have that drive. the The physical space uh, requirement is gone, so so yeah, they can make it look like yeah. anything. You know. Yeah, I think you're gonna. I, th- I think you're absolutely right. It's yeah. gonna move toward that form factor. Yeah. Uh, and just you know, allow for the bigger screens and you yeah, know, bigger better screens, pro- bigger batteries. You yeah. know, uh, and and everything is going to be solid state eventually. You you kind of can see it going that way. So you, you know, at at some point, I mean, I'm, I'm basically there except for my physical hard drive that it keeps spun down. I have a machine, you know, and excluding the fans, that has no moving parts. Yeah, you know, How about keyboard that? moves and the clamshell opens up and shut. That's it, though. I mean, these yeah. are all. You know, that's very different from, from, you know, four years ago where I had a hard, a spinning hard disc and a, and an optical drive. Yep. So, yeah. yeah, that's, that's really interesting stuff. The, yeah. um, and of course the, the benefit to Apple for distributing this way is piracy is almost a non-factor. That's right. Well, it is a non-factor. You can't do it. You, you, you I, I guess yeah, you can if know. you're creative, but. Yeah. I'd imagine like, because what, what happens, you download this four gig file, it gets decompressed. I haven't looked at it, but I'm sure it's a DMG or something. Yeah. And yeah. Well, it's not a DMG. It didn't get mounted. I did, I didn't look for that while during the install process. I did not hmm, see that's something interesting. mounted. I would have thought it would have been a DMG. I will. Yeah, I would think so too. But in any case, I, I'm sure you could get the file, but the question is then of course, is there any kind of signing that's done? I'm sure there is. And, and I'm sure you're right you know, minimizing, uh, but you know what, here's the deal. Who really cares? At the end of the day, Apple amortizes the price of the machine into the price of building the operating system for it. So oh, yeah, sure. if you've bought the machine to run the OS, you know, outside of a hacked version of the OS that works on, you know, just plain old vanilla Intel hardware, you know, you've already paid. So, is it really the worst thing? They're they're never really going to have a problem with that. I mean, they'd have problems with stealing other pieces of software that maybe aren't attached to the machine. Right. But yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. So the I guess the the last thing uh, that really was the big announcement of the last you know since we did our last show was Spotify landing on the U.S. coast. Yeah. What did you think about that? So I I didn't I didn't really try it as as I should have. What, what did you think? So I, I downloaded it the, the first day that it was available. I, um, I just ponied up and got the premium. Wow. They had the, you could do the uh, – you could wait for an invite and get the go the free route. Uh-huh. Or you could pay you – know, you could pony up and do the premium, which gives you all kinds of uh, interesting features. And, and you could get access right away. So I went ahead and did that. It was ten, it's, uh, they've got two four-pay models. One is $4.95 and one is $9.95. And the difference between them uh, escapes me right at the moment. But, um, but the uh, so my first impression was, uh, first of all, the music quality is fantastic. Uh-huh. Everything everything is at I think uh, I think gosh I can't remember the bit rate. It's, like three twenty or something. I think I think it's three twenty. Yeah. Like every 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 um, recording is at three twenty, and it's just pristine. Mm-hmm. Um, just fantastic quality. The things there are a few things I didn't like about it. One. You know, when you're kind of getting started in something, you kind of like to, you know, if you're in iTunes and you start listening to something, you'll start seeing other recommendations kind of popping up. Uh-huh. And 
uh, and you know, hey, I saw you listen to this. You know, you might like that. Mm-hmm. So there, there isn't really any of that. Uh, and so that's a, that's a little bit troubling. They do give if you search for an artist, they'll give you a list of artists like that artist. Um, but you don't kind of get this running recommendation engine thing as you're kind of uh, flying around the musical universe. So I thought yeah. that that was kind of an oversight. And, yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you the the iPhone app app is unbelievable. Is it? Oh my gosh! Why? It's so good. Uh, just you can do everything on the iPhone app that you can do on your desktop, um, and it's just uh, the the user experience is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I. What I did was I built, uh, I think I built five or six playlists uh, while I was working on my desktop. And, and then the way it works is when you get the iPhone app is they sync your playlists over the air via Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so all you do is you bring up, your, you bring up the app uh, on your Wi-Fi network and it connects and syncs all of your music over to your phone. Mm. And... Uh, and and so that takes you know it takes what it takes but the but then you're off and running with local music on your iPhone like you can get from other services but uh, but you can so it's dr you know you can listen as much as you want you can download as much as you want space is the only sort of factor that plays into it um, and so I I was a bit negative at first I got to be honest mm-hmm. and just because the the user experience like I said on the desktop I felt like. I was missing things that I would have expected, but the the mobile experience is awesome. Wow! Um, so, and if you if you look at the future of devices, that we, you know we'll talk about some of this later on, and just where you know the staggering statistics about you know device uh, mobile devices coming onto the network, um, you know I think they've probably focused. It appears to me that they've focused more of their effort um, in that direction. Yeah. So. Interesting. Well, that's that's so that's a big dog move for you. The uh, just ponying up and 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 paying the 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 money to get in the door. That's that's very un Barstow, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it is indeed. For yeah. those, yeah, it's uh, it, it's hard for me to do, but I felt like you know there's been so much buzz about this thing yeah. coming to the U.S. It was it's a huge hit in Europe and in other parts of the world, and you know they finally got all of the uh, contract stuff done with all of the music companies here. And brought it on shore, and you know, you just you want to be a part of, you want to see what it's like. Yeah, and, sure. Um, but like I said, I think the the positives for me were uh, the music quality is unlike anything I've heard anywhere else, uh, and and then the selection is unbelievable. I don't think I came across you know there wasn't anything I searched for, and I went for some fairly obscure things, and I don't think there was anything that I couldn't find. Wow, and. Um, so anyway, I thought it was overall, so, uh, initial impressions, somewhat negative. Uh, but then as I started to use more of the, of the, the iPhone app, I really, I really liked the experience. So. Yeah, so I guess it comes down to the uh, the iPhone app. So, so my the anal- analogous uh, system here is Pandora for me. I, I ponied up and paid the big dog price for uh, which you know I don't know it's thirty five bucks a year or something like that to get yeah. one ninety two kilobit instead of sixty four kilobit quality and not to have ads. Apparently, there I've I've been a Pandora subscriber for a few years now. Um, so so. I, but I find myself using it on my computer, and then while I do have the Pandora app on my phone and, and actually also on my iPad, I pretty much never use it there. I mean, it'd be great if I'm driving across the country and I had my iPhone plugged into my car stereo. Then yeah, I'd probably you know I'd probably use it, but yeah. um, I, I really don't find myself using it. Of course, you know the other clincher there is the fact that i don't have a good iphone to stereo you know plug in in the car that i have now which is kind of a bummer i gotta i gotta get that fixed but um you know yeah, i think for me the what's there's there's something so pandora the beauty of pandora of course is that they just keep throwing this music onto the onto the stack that yeah. you've probably never listened to before you kind or of pick never up, would exactly. or never you would never even know it existed right and you just kind of give it a jumping off point and and then uh, it, the world just kind of opens up for you yeah and i would it would be great if you could get some of that experience inside of the spotify thing it would almost make yeah. it the perfect music app huh 
Um, so remember uh, uh, Matt and the electricians, that group we saw down at uh, South by Southwest? Yes. Um, Matt the electrician. Oh, sorry, mean. Matt the electrician. I'm way off. So anyway, <laughs> uh, we're sitting there, and I it was first of all, I loved this group. This was great. We went to see this, uh, you know, live band. There's maybe I don't know, fifty people there. It wasn't there? There was nobody there. It was relatively empty. I mean, it was in a bar. I mean, it was yeah. a full bar, but it was there weren't a lot of people there. And I'm like, yeah, this is great, man. Just somebody needs to find these guys. Blah blah blah. And they started singing this one song. I'm like. I know this song. I've heard this before. So I go back. I didn't really think much of it. And I go back and I, I start, uh, you know, I'm playing Pandora and I hear it. And I'm like, that's the song. That's it. And I look up and sure enough, you know, Matt, the electrician or whatever it is, uh, pops up on the thing. And I'm like, that's it. So that's how I know it. And unconsciously, I had started to become familiar with this band that I never would have ever given the two cents to like the time of day and and there they were and it yep. was because of the recommendation engine so so for spotify not to have something like that i mean you imagine they can fix this but yeah. for them not to have something like that that's kind of a i mean i i understand it's all going to mobile but that's kind of a, a clincher yeah for, i read something me. where the uh, guy was prognosticating that because the U.S. already has, you know, such great music services, whether it's Rhapsody, mm-hmm. Pandora, uh, Radio, RDIO.com, um, you know, you, we've already got, we're sort of already, we've got so many choices already. Whereas uh, this guy was saying, I forget who it was, but this guy was saying in Europe, the choices are so much more limited. Yeah. And he sort of had this, he said, you know, maybe that's why it was so much more popular there than it is here. Yeah. Or then I think it will be here because we've already got things that do what they do. We've already got apps that do what they do and some of these other things. Yeah, so then uh, to stand out, it's got to be this just, you know, knockout. Like you got to get all the standards that everybody else has and then just a killer feature that kind of yep. sets it over the top. So I, I don't I don't know. I mean, I, I, are you familiar with any of the uh, – uh, statistics surrounding Spotify after their launch in the U.S. Do you, how's it no, going I have, for them? I, I think they've uh, at least I haven't read them. Uh, maybe they've been trying to keep them somewhat secret or you know just kind of quiet. I don't really know. Yeah, because uh, it seems like the buzz is totally totally dimmed down. Yeah, I think it was the first few days. Everybody was the everybody was all a flutter about it, and yeah. then um, to be honest, I haven't heard anything about it since, which is not a good sign. Not a good that. sign, definitely not. And we're still here, still hearing about. Uh, Google Plus and Circles and all. I mean, that's that's going strong. So that's yeah. That's so not the, a good if the, if it was there, if there was a reason for it to be there, it would yeah. be there. Agreed. And so, anyway, um, moving on. Yeah. The uh, uh, you pulled you found an article this past week that I thought was really interesting uh, about podcasts. Why don't yes. you uh, Why don't you talk about it? So so uh, this is a trend that that uh, this is a uh, uh, BBC story. There's a a it's basically saying how podcasts are silently becoming very much more popular. Uh, and, and I sat back and said, you know what? That's unbelievable. I'm, this is exactly what I'm doing. I'm sitting around, I'm listening to, you know, one or two podcasts a day or so, which is a consumption rate, you know, at least 10 X than I used to be. It really, I mean, it has taken off for me and not because, uh, you know, not because of, uh, some difference in my daily life or something. It's just because the, the content is so great and there's a lot of good stuff. And, you know, so I just found this, uh, this thing sort of started to ring true and maybe it had some, some of the early precursors to why we started this podcast. Um, it was very interesting, but in any case, uh, you had a couple of points about this. Um, Yeah. So I I guess my question is, I read the article, you know, and the, and the article's focus is really about, uh, you know, the, the statistics around number of downloads for really popular shows. And I think the, the thing that's interesting for me and why this medium was interesting, uh, to get into, and this is really kind of my first, launch into it uh, with this podcast is uh, is that it the democratization of radio, which is really what podcasts are with if you throw out music and to me music on the radio is almost 
it's almost irrelevant now. Yeah. Um, because first of all, it's all programmed by you know most of the radio stations are owned by very large companies like Clear Channel or you know those kind of and the programming is you don't have a DJ in there deciding what to play next. Yeah. Like uh, like you used to, and I'm not saying that's bad or good. It's just the way it is, and so. Uh, and then, and to the same extent, to some extent, I think that's probably true for uh, for talk radio as well. Is that you kind of get if you're very popular, uh, that's how you kind of make your way up. Uh, but it's very hard to kind of break in mm-hmm. uh, because even local stations are typically playing syndicated content. And so, I, I guess for me, it's the this podcast sort of represent um, a different way to tackle or to go after the radio market to me that's kind of what our show is is uh, it's like a weekly radio show that's yeah. how i think about it yeah it, it is but but it's a it's a, a stark contrast in the sense that this is really a talk show and when you think radio you normally think music or maybe you know ways to find new music well, it certainly is not that I, I never listen to the radio for music uh, anymore um, so to me, this is all a, you know, in the talk, uh, genre really. Yeah. Um, and, and it brings up an interesting point because I end up listening to podcasts more than I do reading blogs Yep. and I have stopped really kind of stopped blogging in the, in the wake of starting this podcast. You know, I, yes. I, I say my ideas instead of write them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 they're less searchable in a sense that way, but uh, but it is the way I would want to consume the ideas. Yeah, and if you look at uh, guys like Gary Vaynerchuk, who are uh, you know their blog is a video blog. Yeah, and so he'll you know every day he's got you know he's got this show called The Daily Grape where he's on you know doing t- doing uh, wine tasting from wines all over the world, and uh, it's just a fantastic way to consume that kind of content. Uh, yeah. you, you know, you got five minutes of jam-packed content, and then it's over. Yeah, and uh, he's the and, wine library guy, by the way. Yep, yep. And yeah. uh, he's his, his new site is Daily Grape or something like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it is Daily Grape. Yeah. But the uh, but you know, it just seems like the uh, you know maybe we're podcasts have been around for what five or six years or something like yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Uh-huh. And you know, Apple sort of controls the controls the domain right now and there's other companies like Audioboo that are trying to break in and I wonder what that means for you know for guys like us that are trying to distribute audio content do you take a look at more than one platform now um you know is apple less relevant more relevant uh you know what do you think yeah hard to say i don't really know uh audioboo all that well i i have to say you know my history here is uh, I started podcasting before Apple had podcasts and languished in ultimate, you know, obscurity. And then Apple decided to add uh, podcasting support to iTunes. So I took uh, my show at the time, which was uh, with my brother called 12 Byzantine Rulers, and we put it in, we turned it into a podcast. It was just a series of MP3 files at the time. So we put an RSS feed around it, turned it into a podcast and submitted it. And we got uh, 12 Byzantine rulers up day one and, uh, people started to come and, and they, they slowly arrived and, and suddenly at some point it, it took off like wildfire. I don't even know when that was. And, uh, you know, wired started calling and the New York times called and, uh, it was this, it turned into a big book deal for my brother. So in a sense, Apple made, uh, our podcast and, right. So, so, you know, and, I it's, really, and it's because it's in iTunes where everybody already is. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, it's hard to see that, that lock changing, but I, you know, it'd be great if it, if it would in, in some way, I just, you know, it's been fascinating to see the, you know, I mean, it's at least a hundred X and probably a lot more than that, uh, of our users get to us through iTunes than every other channel. I mean, I had, I had our, our uh, 12 Byzantine rulers podcast in pretty much every listing that you could have it back in the day. Yeah. Uh, so it was just the numbers uh, made it that Apple was the only place that mattered. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and to some degree, I think that's still the case. I don't see that changing, 
But then again, I haven't really looked into Audioboo all that much. Maybe I should. Yeah, I haven't either. Uh, they they seem to the the pitch is that it's a you know more of a social listening thing where yeah. it's and so I get that hook right because if I'm listening to a podcast and I want uh, you know I want my friends to know what I'm listening to that's a little bit difficult in the current yeah. in the current environment. It's not hard to sh- or it's not easy just to push that out. I guess you, you know you've got the share links in iTunes, but yeah. And what about um, ping? Well, you can't ping a podcast. No. No, so yeah. anyway, interesting. It'll be interesting to see where this yeah. goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, talk to me about well, you found a really cool video uh, by this guy Roger McNamee, who's the founder of or managing director of Elevation Partners, which is a VC fund. This guy gave an hour talk, and I mean, it was just loaded with yeah. content, the, absolutely yeah. loaded. I don't even know where to start with it, so I just picked a few nuggets out. That we could at least touch on this week, and but I mean, I think we could do a show for every slide he had. Yeah, I think we definitely should. So this guy, um, this is this is an absolute. You have to see this. You have to go to go to three fifty third dot com. Click on the link. We'll have the video there. Uh, watch this. It, it, it's fascinating. The reason is because uh, Roger, who's who's you know effectively a VC guy. It does does all of his own thinking, a lot of his own research. Just kind of uh, has a really, really sort of much more fifty thousand foot view of a lot of these technologies that we're talking about, sort of very in depth here. Uh, he's got a great fifty thousand foot view, and a and a he's proposing these hypotheses, and he's he's substantiating it with uh, with some fact that he's. He's dug up, and and it is uh, you know he's he's just a great thinker. Uh, yeah. So yeah, do you want to you want to dive into a couple of your? Yeah, I thought I thought the the high points for me, uh, at least in the first few, were uh, the first slide where he talks about Microsoft being under fifty percent of internet connected devices uh, this year in two thousand eleven for the first time ever. That is that blows me. I'm not I'm in a sense I'm I'm you know you see it coming, but that blows me away. Well you remember when we were at and we talked about this in one of our first shows, when we were at South by Southwest, I I, I if I saw five Windows machines yeah. in the entire five days I was there, that was a lot. Yeah. And and, yeah. and I talked about it afterward like wow. That's pretty amazing that you know you're at a tech show. Yeah, I get that. So the audience is a little bit different. They want to have the stuff that everybody's talking about, but still, yeah. If you know that show three years ago, you would have probably had half and half at you know at best. Yeah. And and uh, this so the in the in the slide, he, Roger talks about the you know Microsoft used to have ninety five percent of the market share. Yeah. of internet connected devices and for the and this year they go under 50%. Yeah. And then the the other sort of corollary fact to that was that Apple will put 100 million devices on the network this year. That's an unbelievable statistic. So you, you it, th- this includes uh iPod touches, this includes iPhones, this includes iPads and of course Macs. So when you say internet connected devices, these are devices, not necessarily computers, which is why you you can see the number switching as quickly as it is, I think. Because if you looked at the the install base of Macs versus PCs at this point, you're not gonna see that kind of a drastic no. uh, change. No, I'm and, sure and mainly that will and mainly yeah, mainly I think because the Microsoft still commands a yeah, it's got to be ninety percent of the business market. Well, it compare right. The, the, yeah, it's the enterprise. I mean, yeah. when when you yep. have a a product set that's built sort of top down, so you have the uh, your your customer is essentially the IT manager. You're going to be driven by a whole different set of uh, you know requirements than what Apple is doing, which is effectively a grassroots bottom up type of a strategy. Make something people love, and then they eventually bring it to work and demand it at work. Yeah. Um, so it's a different strategy, but I mean, you know, my my wife works at a law firm, and I, I, I these guys are going to be the last ones to move. And I gotta, you know, law firms are traditionally very conservative, and I gotta say, this is this is unbelievable. I actually yeah. see that they are uh, now allowing iPhones into their enterprise. Yeah. You know, over rim, which blows me away because this these would be the last ones that I would see moving like that. 
Yeah, and I think uh, what Windows still has, and they and they've done a good job of this, is they've got this ecosystem around it that makes it easy to manage. If you've got ten thousand right. computers, you know the management, uh, whether it's a company like Semantic or any of these other kind of big network management companies, you know if you've got to push an update to ten thousand computers, doing that in a you know if you had ten thousand Macs, that'd be a bit of a challenge. Yeah, sure, and you know the and, the, the other one that's like that is RIM. Yep. Rim is followed the same uh yep. the same, you know, whatever formula. Yep. Yeah. And uh anyway, um the so the, those those two statistics I thought it was like a one two punch. Bam bam, yeah. And and just fantastic. And of course the if you watch the video Roger goes and we'll talk about this a lot more in the in the coming weeks, but uh it, it, the the thesis of course is that internet connected devices are moving away from the the traditional desktop notebook and two mobile handsets mm-hmm. and I think the uh, one of the more interesting topics in there again was this uh, this idea that because you are on a mobile because the world's moving to mobile handsets as kind of the primary device the does the power of Google start to wane or does the influence of Google start to wane and do they start to feel fin- uh, financial implications of people not necessarily, you know, crawling the web for, uh, you know, and searching for everything under the sun like it used to be four or five years ago. This is a fascinating insight. And if you think about it, it's, it's obvious as day. It's mm. totally, uh, uh, you, you know, it makes total sense to my usage pattern. I pop out my iPhone to, to do a Google search once in a blue moon. I might have done 50 of them in the three, four years, however long it's been that I've had an iPhone. Yeah. So, well, and if you compare that with the, your experience daily, if you're coding or doing whatever you're doing and you're yeah. on your desktop, you're in Google all day. All day long. Absolutely. All day long. But yeah, if, so, you're, if you're out walking around, if you're a salesman or you're, you know, you're on the move most of the time, yeah. Uh, I would, you know, you've got, you've got targeted apps that give you the information you need, whether it's a restaurant, uh, you know, a place to go see a movie, whatever it is. Right. You don't it's, go it's, ask it's, Google. It's not Google anymore. Yeah. You don't go ask Google where that information is. That information is already behind all those app icons on your, on your mobile device. Yep. So the, the, here's the thing though, while search is, is certainly, you know, peaking and, and, you know, if you, if you just play out the numbers, it's peaking and going down. The, on the other side, Google isn't waning. I mean, to, our, to your point last week, uh, we are talking about uh, Gmail. You're in yep. Gmail all day long, yep. you know? So, the, in, in, in we're talking about it this week, too, with, the, uh, with uh, Google+. Plus. You're, you're in it. You're, you're in their experience. We're, we're editing this doc that we're sharing here to do the show. We're looking at circles and all these kinds of things. I'm in Google more now than I was, uh, you know, just a few weeks ago, really because of this stuff. And at the end of the day, all that's doing is making my, cause I've, I've, you know, I've been using apps on the iPhone for a few years now. All that's doing is increasing my usage of Google. Yep. I mean, yeah. And I think the, what, what will be interesting to see is how they, you know, if the money is not in search anymore, do they start, for instance, uh, charging for Google apps, yeah. you know, for your domain instead of, you know, does their model move to more of the, like the Microsoft model we talked about a couple of weeks ago where it's six bucks a user or whatever it is. I wonder if they, you know, they start to move that direction more quickly as, as search revenue declines. And that's the, I mean, that's the golden calf for them. Yeah. So yeah. it's hard to imagine that, uh, it's hard to imagine that, you know, just sort of going away, but, and I don't think, it, I don't think the point of the presentation was not that it's going to go away, but that it's the search. And I think there's also probably an opportunity for these other apps to use Google search in a new way. Uh-huh. So um, for instance, if I'm looking for a restaurant or whatever it is, you know, there might be, uh, I might, as the provider of that application, I might hook into Google Custom Search or something like that in a new and different way to use the all of the information they've been able to gather. Because you've got, you know, Google Local, you've got Yahoo Local, you've got all of these valuable 
bits of data sitting with these companies, and it's hard for me to imagine that there's not a way to monetize that. Yeah, that's a that's a really interesting idea. That that's a very interesting idea. So you know, uh, can you imagine? Can you imagine Yelp delivered as a Google Maps service that you know is on an app on your iPhone? So you pop it up and say, "Hey, what's near me?" and and you have you know reviews of everybody that's you know what everybody said about the restaurants, for example, that are near yeah. you. Uh, you know, and then you can change the search to be you know hardware stores or whatever. Yeah. I mean that 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 would be really really interesting. Yeah, and it's not just the reviews that are on Yelp, right? It's the reviews from Yahoo Local, it's the reviews sure, from Google sure. Local, and so you sort of have this blended, yeah. uh, this blended experience maybe where they're they're they move away from trying to monetize the browser experience and move to monetizing the just the data itself. Yeah, that's interesting. But here's the here's the deal. I, I'm I'm going to blow up my own uh, uh, argument here. I hate mashups. I really do. I hate when people take X and add social to it, or they take Y and add, you know, uh, maps to it or whatever. I, I just something about that. It just seems not me, not so much me too ish as uh, uh, just something that's incremental instead of revolutionary. Yeah. And you know, like coming out with Gmail was revolutionary for a yeah. search company. Yep. Uh, I'd love to see them make another, you know, zig or zag like that. Um, yeah, I agree. And anyway, I, yeah. 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 So this this is a fantastic video, guys. You got to check this video out. Watch it. Take notes. Listen to what he's saying. Get the get the get the uh, Roger McName view of the world because it is it is compelling. Very yeah. very interesting. Um, yeah, the resource like Andre said will be it'll we'll make it available on the site. Watch it, and we'd love to get your thoughts after you have a chance. We're going to be talking about each one of uh, probably each one of his points over the next few weeks uh, in a good amount of detail and kind of plumbing the depths of it. So it is um, that it's that good. Seriously, yeah. watch it. Just stop listening to this right now and, and watch it. <laughs> Well, don't do that. Uh, so, so we are moving on to Amnesia Lane, and what's interesting about this week is uh, we think we're we Anders and I are changing the format of the show a little bit, and uh, and think we're uh, I, I think Anders are we are we uh, in fact decided that we are doing away with Amnesia Lane? Uh, well, we're we're gonna we're gonna do Amnesia Lane. I think when when there's something that's compelling. And and interesting. I think the problem is if we do amnesia lane every single show, we'll get amnesia out. So <laughs> we're putting it on a hiatus of sorts. We're gonna we're gonna talk about Green Street Hooligans here in a second. Um, but I, I just think there's so much more little interesting things that go by that that uh, we could kind of pack into a podcast like w- without droning on and on about one thing too long that will yeah. take the time and will be yeah. well worth your time to listen to. I don't want to waste people's time here, you know? Yeah. So. And I think the, one of the things we didn't get to this week that I just can't wait to talk about is the solar tower thing happening in Arizona. Yes. Uh, oh, we got yeah. next week or whenever our next podcast is, that's gotta be top of the list. This blew me away. It was great. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. Next, Unbelievable. next week. Yeah. It is yeah. fantastic. So let's talk about Green Street Hooligans. So let's set the let's set the stage a little bit. This movie came out in uh, in 2005, and uh, was sort of at the height of British hooliganism and soccer or football. Yeah, I guess. don't say that's soccer. The, what do you? That's right. Do you do? That's right. That's a, that's a correction early on in the movie, actually. Yeah. Um, but uh, but anyway, it was. Uh, I thought it was a great movie. It stars Elijah Wood and this guy Charlie Hunnam, who I'd never seen before I saw this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elijah Wood, of course, is Frodo. Uh, that's what I usually call him, um, <laughs> just because I can, I rarely can stand him in any other movie except uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah, um, and Green anyway. Street. Yeah, and Green Street, yeah. and and to be honest with you, I could do with him or without them, without him in this movie. To me, the guys that make it are all of the all of the uh, all of the British guys, all the hoodlums, yeah, Got it. all the hooligans. Yeah, but uh, so anyway, the the plot is pretty simple. Uh, Elijah Wood or Matt, uh, as his character is in the movie, gets kicked out of Harvard because his roommate uh, frames him for a drug bust. Yeah, and his roommate is a very well connected, I think, the son of a senator. And uh, and so he he frames Matt and uh, so Matt takes the fall for it and uh, and and buys a plane ticket and heads over to the UK to see his sister 
and his sister is uh, has recently been married and has a baby, and uh, and his uh, his sister's brother-in-law is this guy Pete. And when Pete comes over to the to the house, that's really sort of when the movie just uh, starts to starts to roll for me. Spiraling out of control. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and so I mean, uh, we'll talk about it as in in a bit more detail. But I was I was really stunned when uh, when we talked about this yesterday that you did not like the movie. Yeah, I didn't. I you know I absolutely love football. There, there's no question that there's. Like I love what they show about the Premier League and, and how you have this undercurrent of pretty much a, a gang that that is a gang of soccer fans that that uh, I said it soccer fans, uh, a gang of football fans that follows a, a team so closely, uh, and and there are these rivalries. Uh, so you know that part that's fascinating. But the problem is I'm always looking for that uh, redeeming character, which. You know, in this in this movie, I suppose is Pete Dunham because he doesn't uh, take the bait and fall back into the. You the, mean Stevie? Stevie Dunham, you mean Stevie? His brother. Sorry, yeah, yeah, doesn't take the bait and fall back into the thing. The the, the husband of uh, uh, Shannon. Yeah. Um, See, to me, that's what that's why I like this movie. Because of him. Is because it's no, I like it because it's just dark. Yeah, it is and, pretty dark. And you get into this, you get into the underbelly of English football. Yeah. And it's this, you know, you under, you start to get you get a what I from what I've read, a fairly accurate picture of what the, you know, what these firms are like. And and to me, I love the fact that everybody in here, I think the if, if you're looking for redemption, it sort of comes in the last part of the movie when uh, you know, Pete uh bails out uh, you know, Shannon pulls up to the big fight at the end, and uh, and Tommy and his uh, gang of idiots uh, start <laughs> start to come after her, and he uh, you know, and he takes him he takes on Tommy directly and keeps him keeps him away yeah, from. That's true. I mean, that is really the if you there uh, if there if there is a moment of redemption in the movie, that's probably it. I don't, yeah, yeah, I, but, you know, yeah. Well, is it redemption or is it him just you know just protecting the major's family? Yeah, it to some extent it's him doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, but I think it's also just a, he, you know, he does he knows that the the consequences are just too great, and he's gotta he's gotta make something happen. Yeah. But the there's a couple of things in here, a couple of things in the movie that I really like. I love the. I love the camaraderie of all of the guys. So you've got the, you know, this kind of mishmash of guys that are Pete's Pete's friends. You got Bobber, who's just a just <laughs> a lunatic. He is a lunatic, but look at his face. His face is is the best casted face oh, I've ever, ever seen. Because his face is the character that he plays. Yeah, and, and every look, you know, his just his utter disdain for Matt being from the US. Yeah. I mean, and every scene. Uh, that he's involved in, you're just—he's the guy you're paying attention to. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, so I really liked him. I loved—I uh, loved Tommy, uh -huh. Tommy Hatcher. Uh, you know, just this huge thug that uh, <laughs> you know. And so I—I I, I really just enjoyed the the camaraderie and the, to, for me the 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 scene in this movie that I just uh, I could watch over. There's two of them probably, and both of them are fight scenes. Mm -hmm. And the first one is when you know Matt they get out of the they get out of the match at uh, at West Ham, and you know Matt's trying to find his own way home. Yeah, and he gets lost. Yeah. He's trying to find his way to the tube down some and, alley. Yeah, you know, he gets down some alley, and the 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 guys from Birmingham jump jump him. Yeah, and uh, you know they're going to give him the Chelsea grin. <laughs> and and uh, and so all of a sudden you think you know okay he's doomed and all of a sudden the rest of these guys show up and start cracking bottles over these guys' head and and so you know it kind of those guys run away and then and then all both of the uh, firms come together and uh, and you got the you know there's like fifty guys from Birmingham and there's probably fifteen from the GSE yeah. And Matt's standing there saying, "Oh, we got to run away. We got to go. These guys, there's, there's too many of them." And yeah. Pete says, "When you're with us, you stand your ground and fight." <laughs> and I thought I showed that I showed this movie to the basketball team I coach, and I played that scene before a game, and uh, where the you know everybody's just sort of panicking, and and Pete just stands up and says, "No, okay, that's, that's not awesome. How, that's not how it is." So you, you know? played this. You played this in front of the the. 
the uh, basketball team when they're in front of some crazy opponent? Yeah, so we were getting ready to play a team that we were going to have a hard time with. Yeah. And I knew it going in. And so in the locker room before the game, I brought my computer. I cut all the lights in the locker room, and I fired this thing up, and I said, this is what it's all about. And I played, <laughs> I played the next, you know, however, however long that scene is, that five to seven minutes. Um, and I said, that's what it's all about. And, you know, those guys act like they've been shot out of a gun. Yeah. And uh, so that's, that's one, of my, one of my favorite scenes. That's I fantastic. The other one is when they, uh, when they take the train to Manchester and, and they get, you know, they get, uh, they get dropped off at some station in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Right. And that, and there's that truck. Yeah. That yeah. is uh, yeah. that moving truck or, you know, some <laughs> kind of truck that hauls crap around and they all pile in the back of that truck and roll up to the, to the train station at Manchester. And, you know, the, uh, Elijah Woods in the front seat with the driver and, you know, the guys are, you know, where are all the guys from, uh, from the GSE yeah. and, and, uh, and he says, I don't know, we're here to shoot some movie or something like that. And they pull, they let him in and they pull forward and everybody piles out of the back of the truck <laughs> and they just start going at it. Matt's like and, throwing him like, you know, street cones and like yeah, exactly. bricks off the side of the road, just tossing it into the, to the mix to get to his guys to kind of yeah. set them and so up. You, yeah, that so was he, hilarious. That's really his first, you know, that's his first fight where Bobber, you know, they're running away from that fight and yeah. Bobber slaps him on the back and he's one of the guys yeah. at the end of that fight. He he's, definitely is. He's been accepted. Yeah. And then, you know, in the very next scene or in the very next set of scenes, uh, they think uh, uh, be just because of Matt's dad and they see Matt's going into the London, Matt going into the London Times yeah. and they pick him out to be a journalist and they think he's just an undercover journo. And the whole thing unravels. Yeah. And, and, and just, and then you've got Pete sticking up for him, you know, even though he doesn't really believe anything about it, but he's just, he just kind of feels like that's the right thing to do. And yeah, for me, the, uh, and I said it last week, uh, this is just one of those movies. And I think it's, uh, it's true of, it's a movie that you either love like I do, or you just sort of, eh. Yeah. See, uh, I don't hate it. I, I, it was, it was an interesting film. I thought it was, uh, you know, I, I thought it was pretty good. But I don't understand. There's certainly a cult underground thing going on right now with this movie. Recently, it's become pretty popular. And uh, like Princess Bride, I first saw that film and I was like, eh, you know, it's kind of whatever. Now I love it because it's ultimately quotable. Um, so so I, maybe I have to give it some time. But I, I you know, I don't hate it. Yeah. So... You know what was really interesting? I love the reveal of who the major is. Yes. Because you think the major is like some gritty old guy like the guy on the uh, the other side. Yeah, the, you expect the, him to be like a Tommy Hatcher guy. Exactly. Who's this guy that's beat up, rough and tumble. Or he's, right, you know, scars you expect him to show face. up in, 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 the, uh, in, the, in the abbey, you know, the pub they go to. You expect him to kind of wander in there one day and be this yep. old grovelly guy, smokes, you know, six packs a day or yeah. whatever. But, uh, then, but but yeah. then no. Yeah, then then you find out who it is and you find out why he basically put his put the gun down and kind of left the uh left the game. Yeah, and um, it's because of Tommy Hatcher's son. Yeah. Of all things because he's in a fight and Tommy Hatcher's uh -huh. son gets killed. Yeah. Which and, which uh, to me like how come so the guy so the leader of the GSE hangs up his spurs, how come Tommy doesn't come down and just obliterate the the rest of the clan. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, you know that's why a, did it wait for this time? Like obviously years later. Yeah. When yeah, now well, now yeah, you, know, you got to believe if you know that guy's got enough rage. Yeah, to uh, just shit. day to day that uh, you know if he, you got to believe he could find out where the major lives. Yeah. And and all of that sort of thing. Yeah, so and that, his that, wife that, and his son. Yeah. yeah. And so you you know why doesn't he why doesn't he take action before now and you know it's hard I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, but. I guess he's like, you know, he's he was buying his time for a good opportunity or because it was all about, you know, Millwall and and Newham kind of getting getting together, you know. Yep. Uh, so maybe they didn't wouldn't make the trip unless the game were on and that's when they would be pumped up enough and but I mean you killed, you know, you killed your son. I mean, how is that not – because he was raising his son right in his footsteps and loved him. 
So, and then you see him, you know, being beaten up in this uh, big street fight by not even uh, our our hero, not a hero, but uh, Steve. Not yeah. even not even by him, by one of Steve's guys, and and Steve is blamed, and then eventually, you know, as soon as the tip is out there that that the major is back in the pub and you know they think he's he's sort of retaking control of the GSC and then you know they come in they jump through the windows they're beating people up they're throwing you know yeah, petrol bombs on fire yeah. and all that yeah and and then they basically stab him to an inch of his life how how come that just that was the only thing that I didn't really get it was it was great that that powder keg was essentially primed so yeah. that you could I mean because you were you're coming in green I have no idea what's going on and you know we're coming in like Matt did and no idea what's going on and things just keep escalating escalating it's more you know it goes past keeping your rep and goes to life and death I mean. Yeah. You know, yeah, what it, I think, it, what I think is great good. is, is so maybe it's my thought on that is maybe that it's maybe that it's this thing that there's kind of an honor among these guys that there's an honor code that you don't break, and that all business is done or within the context of a football game, and you know maybe it's something like that. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But the uh, the other thing that I that I really liked was you know when Matt first gets to the uh, to the UK comes you know he flies in. And comes up out of the tube, and you know, police are cleaning yeah, up from right. the fight the night before. The night before of the same and it's guys. just, I mean, it's just stuff is everywhere. Yeah. And you know, he walks up to his sister, and she says, "Oh yeah, it was football football day yesterday." Yeah. And it's just kind of a part of English culture that yeah. you know, yeah, these guys go crazy around it, and and uh, you know, I've never been a football. I've always wanted to go to a game over oh, there, oh, just to go. just to get it's just otherworldly. Yeah, it is otherworldly. It's fantastic. You know, I think this uh, the balance of uh, of uh, of this film was done well because you're not you really sure where people were. You know, is he a journalist or is he just the guy? Is he going to bring yeah. that up? Or you know, you know, do is do his allegiances really lie with his family, the GSC? I mean, there's a point where he basically shuns his family for the GSC. But then at the end, he's he's going back to protect his brother's uh, his brother-in-law's son and his his yeah. sister and like so that I think they they kind of you know danced along that line quite well. Uh, I yeah. did enjoy that. I think the other the last thing to close it out that I thought was really really cool storyline was Pete being a history teacher at a yeah. school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, All these just little kids, you know. Yeah, I mean, he's he's just the, and you see him in that context where he's this great teacher. You know, the kids love him, and and then you get the you get the other side of him, which is just this fierce, you know, fighter guy that yeah. you know got scratches all over him and it's just, I thought that was a really cool sort of because you got you know these guys the the obvious message is these guys sort of come from every walk of life and football just turns them into these nutcases <laughs> and uh, and uh, so I thought that was really cool it was anyway. good and the other the, the thing is he uh, you know has his kids out there and they're playing uh, football and uh, they ask Elijah Wood's character Matt to come in and play goalie and they just they give him a sound spanking and these kids are like nine, 10, you know, yeah. they're real young and they kill him. And yeah. then, so I went from watching that, you know, and then, uh, yesterday I went to, uh, I went to uh, play in a, uh, football league here. So I went, uh, or I guess it's a soccer league here. That's right. I go out there. I felt like an idiot. I mean, you know, because first of all, the level of play is well beneath, what those nine-year-olds could do, you know. And here I am, like, I can't, I can't, you know, I'm, like, pushing 40. I can't, you know, stop myself and turn in a different direction for anything, you know. Yeah. I never could when I was young. And yeah. these guys, you know, and they could, you know, just kill me skill-wise. And, and you know, it was just, it was pretty sad. But then I had uh, I had one really good run and, and another one that wasn't so bad uh, in the game, so I felt better. But anyway, it was totally demoralizing. It was basically the moral of the story. Yeah, I think uh, – so my opinion is – so I've watched this movie – so I keep it on my – I keep it with me wherever I go. I've On any plane trip where I don't have something else, where I'm just sort of zoned out or it's been the end of a long day, I will almost inevitably watch this movie. See, Okay, so you've got this 
and you've got Wall Street. Yeah. Wall Street, I totally understand. This, yeah. for pump-up value, yeah. Yeah, I understand. I, I don't know if I would put it in my top 25. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, that's, I'll, well, I'll, but I'll watch it. What uh, else do you I've, carry I've probably watched this. Uh, I've probably watched this movie 20 times. 20 times. Wow. Yeah. What else do you carry around? I mean, what what else is in the the Barstow uh, bag of uh, uh, DVDs that you carry? <laughs> you don't carry a, this around with DVD. That's a story. That's a story for another day. Uh, we gotta we gotta we gotta do the the top ten list some point. Yeah, we have to. I think that that should be a show. There you uh, go. Uh, so uh, so anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, like we said, you can find us on Twitter at at three fifty third. Catch us online at three fifty dash third dot com. And uh, of course, you can search for us on iTunes. Leave thanks us comments. Yeah, please leave us comments. Thanks yeah. for thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Till next week. <laughs> <laughs>